Welcome back to another episode of What the Dev. I'm Jenna Sargent, online editor for SD Times, and I'm your host for this episode. Enforcement for the California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA, is going into effect on July 1st, which, if you're listening as this comes out, is tomorrow. Because of this new regulation starting to be enforced now, we thought it would be a good time to revisit data privacy. So today we're talking with Lisa Phillips, Vice President of Data Governance at Fastly, about the practice of data privacy by design. Can you explain what exactly privacy by design is and how it differs from the normal method of developing something and then applying privacy at the end? So privacy by design in terms of the the actual statement has is a legal term that's defined in the GDPR. I'm not a lawyer, so I I'm not going to try to get too far into the legal constructs that are behind privacy by design, but conceptually it's around the idea that companies should consider consumer or end user privacy as they're developing products rather than um, sort of at the end of a product development phase. So rather than thinking about it as just a responsibility of information security team or a legal team or, you know, an IT team, uh, you're thinking about it earlier in the product development cycle. And the, and the theory there, the idea there is the responsibility is with a corporation to think about how data is being collected, how it's being processed, and what's being, how it's being stored, what's being done with it, and with a mind toward protecting the privacy of an individual. So at Fastly, what we talk about is data protection by design. Um, which sort of goes further than just the legal requirement and talks about, or we think about how we can protect the rights of individuals and privacy of individuals at the design phase across essentially the company as much as possible. It kind of seems like, I know it's it's included in the GDPR, but it seems like this kind of thought process is kind of required in order to comply with any of these upcoming privacy regulations. So if a company's not already thinking about privacy early on in the design process, what sort of things should they be putting in place in order to adopt that methodology? Definitely, because I think all of us um, are, you know, obviously have an obligation uh, legally as well um, as perhaps an obligation for the internet at large to to do good and to be mindful of privacy, I think putting in place a program where you identify um, and you understand essentially data within your environment, how what what you're using that data for. And, and when I say data here, I'm talking specifically about private data. So personally identifiable information about individuals, sort of understanding where that data comes in, how you store that data what's being used to process that data, if that data leaves any of your systems, where it goes to. And then generally, you know, some of the, the good data protection measures, which is understanding access rights, understanding retention, making sure that you are protecting that data to the best of your company's ability. And I think for most companies, part of sort of starting to comply with some of these requirements is, is starting to understand that data and having answers for a lot of those questions higher in the stack. Um, it is not always clear when, if you're an admin, what the answers are to some of those questions when you're just looking at a system itself and administration of a system itself 
without thinking of the context of that data. So making sure that um, from the beginning, you know, where do you have that personal data and how you're protecting it? And I, I going further than that, uh, asking questions such as, is it possible for us not to collect this data? Like, is it possible for us to mask it? Is it possible for us to just process it and get rid of it as soon as possible? You know, I always, you know, say like, uh, you know, it's easier to protect what you're not collecting. So, you know, not having that data in the first place, I think is, is at the beginning of the discussion about meeting privacy by design or, or privacy by data protection at the beginning. Yeah, that's so true because I feel like it's weird to me that privacy is often thought of at the end of the design process where you really should be like asking these questions as part of your product roadmap. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of the work that I'm that I'm doing now. And I actually hear about that from um, other organizations as we're all thinking about how to not just comply with the current regulations, but, you know, as we move forward, we are probably going to see more and more protections for consumers online um, and more of the responsibility is, like I said, moving up the stack. So it's not the case that you can necessarily assume that the person who's responsible for administration of the data at like the availability layer is necessarily the best person to make the decision about whether or not we need that in the first place. So a product person, an engineering designer, um, an architect, those are, I think, the areas, that's the layers of the stacks that I think to, you know, today and going forward are going to have a bigger impact on, you know, whether or not we're making the best decisions as companies that have access to all this information about people online, you know, um, that the, that's the layer where that decision needs to be made. So we aren't in a position of needing to um, do a lot of work to protect that data layer, like that data later in the stack. Should companies be setting up like cross-functional teams to get this done um, so that they know every, like all the information from all the different parts of the stack? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, for example, a group, a cross-functional group that incorporates product, engineering, security, legal, compliance, is going to give you the best amount of sort of information that you need to know about how to make sure you're making the the best decisions for like the obligations that you have. And so I don't think any one group can necessarily ultimately make all the decisions for how best to protect data. I think it actually has to be a group that is cross-functional for the decisions such as, is this information we even need? And when we do have this information, like personal information about individuals online, what are we doing to protect it? And also, like, what are we doing from a product perspective? Like, what are we doing that really you know, holds to the values of protecting individuals online, which is what the spirit is of these different regulations. I know that at Fastly, you applied this practice when developing Fastly Insights. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, so in Fastly Insights, um, that's actually one of our examples where we don't, um, at Fastly, we don't have a lot of consumer data that we store um, our position is to sort of allow our customers to make decisions about um, where they want to store that data. And we don't have the rights to sort of sell that data. So there aren't a lot of large scale projects that I get to work on where 
there is consumer data, basically. However, in the case of Fastly Insights, we worked with the engineering team and the product team to say, from the beginning, what is it we're trying to accomplish here? How do we think this is going to make the internet a better place, which requires collecting a bit more personal information, more information about end users than uh, we may typically have. And given the opportunity for our customers to opt into it, how can we be transparent with them and allow them to be transparent with their customers about what kind of information we collect, how long we store it for, what we're going to use it for as it relates to the end user experience on the internet. And we do that to make better decisions about the internet, to make it faster, essentially. However, we do feel that like basically another element, which isn't necessarily required by GDPR or CCPA is being as transparent as possible about what data we collect, how we store it, how we retain it, and then making sure we have the controls in place like internally to make sure that we're keeping ourselves like held to that. And so it was a lot of back and forth between, uh, again, the product team and being clear about what's the goal here? What are we trying to accomplish? How does it make our business a better business and have a better experience for our customers? So it's worth a trade-off of collecting additional data that we might not normally collect. And uh, I think that's generally, with every project that I work on, the way that I approach it, which is like, let's be really clear about the intentions here and be as transparent as possible to uh, an end user on the internet and to our customers as well. Because that information, you know, information about people online, how people use the internet, that's very interesting information. And I think almost any product person is going to want access to that, right? We have a large portion of the internet kind of going through our platform. And so uh, I think a person who's interested in looking at um, how people are online would be interested in that data. And so this was an example where we said, okay, the interest really makes sense here because we're talking about um, internet performance and we're talking about client performance as it, as it relates to the internet. And so it's worth it to sort of collect and process additional PII or additional information about clients online as long as we're being transparent about it. Was there a big like cultural change within your team that needed to happen in order to go from the mindset of not really collecting a lot of consumer data to having to collect it and like think about how it's going to be used and if it's needed, like those sort of things? Yeah, totally. Because uh, especially uh, because our, generally speaking, as a platform, you know, Edge Cloud Provider, we're not looking at client or end user activity. and that makes it sort of easier to adhere to a lot of these regulations. So it was a big adjustment to get folks within our legal security compliance organizations to, to understand what the difference is for us to start collecting that information and getting folks comfortable with it. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we clearly document what our processes are and make that available to folks who are opting in to this particular product. And so knowing that we are being clear with our customers about here's the data we're collecting, here's what we're doing with it, and being able to come back to that. And so if there's ever a question later of, hey, can I do something else with this data, being able to go back to the original sort of documentation and saying, well, here's the things that, you know, we said we're going to use it for research purposes. Are we 
continuing to use it for research purposes. So getting people both comfortable with us starting to collect that data with consent, but also, I guess the flip side of it is making sure people understood that just because we have that data doesn't mean we can use it for any purpose we want, because we've already sort of notified and let people know and, and documented what we're going to do with it. So I think that's one of the bigger challenges I see with access to uh, end user information, which is once you have that data, it's really attractive to think about other ways you can use that data that perhaps weren't part of what what that what that consumer originally sort of opted into. Do you have any advice for companies who are trying to shift privacy earlier on in the development lifecycle from that experience? Yeah, I think definitely getting in at the if you're if your company has a sort of a product lifecycle already set up, getting doing what you can to sort of get these questions and you know the questions I think about, which is like, can we not collect this data? Can we anonymize and aggregate as much as possible? Can we not keep data once we process it? Deleting the data as soon as we're done with it, programmatically managing retention and data storage practices. I'm getting those kinds of questions asked at the sort of product development lifecycle early on, um, literally as a set of questions that our product managers have to think about and to know that they're going to have to answer before we go live, essentially. So the product managers know these sort of set of considerations as well as our engineering managers and our, pro, you know, our, our PMO organization. I think that's been the most success that I've had so far with getting sort of data protection by design, because I think having this set of questions at the very end of a development process can be kind of lame because you've already invested in whatever it is you've implemented. So, ha- you know, really doing the most I can to like get myself in the product life cycle to ask these questions and then having stewards for data across the company, I think is the other part, which is, you know, like engineering managers who um, potentially manage a data set that has a lot of PII. I might spend more time with them, educating them on sort of what the obligations are versus a team where they're maybe not dealing with as much PII. And so, you know, a lot of it's education and training, a lot of consulting, um, and then being consistent with that set of questions, like what I was just basically saying, you know, like every single conversation I'm asking, can we not collect this? Can we, <laughs> can we collect it for a shorter period of time? How are we documenting this and how are we keeping ourselves like honest to our values about um, how we're handling private data? Before we go, is there is there anything else that you think is important to mention that we didn't talk about? Can, I'm just going to reiterate, I think, the importance of, you know, I've been in, an engineer for 20 years now. And I think, you know, the way that I think about privacy today is different than 20 years ago. I think now it's sort of critical for all of us who um, make decisions, design decisions, product decisions, architecture decisions, to do so with privacy in mind, because without so without doing so, besides regulations, we risk, you know, once that data is, once that data is sort of collected and out there, we risk that being used for purposes, perhaps that we weren't originally intending. So I actually think there's a lot more importance on all of us, especially those of us who've been around for a little while, to think about data protection, perhaps more than what we've had to in the past, because we are 
no longer in kind of that old school model of there being like an ops person and a security person and a developer. Things are a lot more sort of intertwined now in who's responsible, especially with DevOps and like who's responsible for protection. And so I think if I can just reiterate, I think it's important for all of us to be for our own privacy's you know, sake to think about what we can do when we're developing products or when we're managing products to be mindful of that being an, a person's information that we have, you know, the power to sort of protect and, and not sort of leak or otherwise abuse. Well, thank you for sharing your, your insights and your experience. I think this is a topic that a lot of companies still kind of struggle with. Um, yeah, for so sure. I think it's good to talk about frequently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can go on and on and on about this topic. So <laughs> I think it's something that, you know, I do support there being regulation. I do support there being consequences when when companies aren't doing enough to be secure. I guess the other thing I should say is that, you know, as a as an edge cloud platform, we actually don't, like I said, we actually don't collect end user information, except uh, with the exception of Fastly Insights, because in our case, the customers are basically given the ability for them to make their own decisions about their personal data. And so we think that our platform can kind of like help our customers be compliant and make good decisions about data. And they, you know, basically don't have to worry about us sort of selling the data or doing anything with the data we're not being transparent about. So um, that would be the other thing that I can say about Fastly. It's nice to like see that because there are a lot of companies that definitely don't need to collect all the data that they collect. And, 100%. <laughs> and it's like, what are they even using it for? Like, it's probably just sitting in a database waiting to get breached and they're not even like using it. A hundred. I mean, I think that's the whole, like, that's the reason why I feel like I'm, I am a broken record for sure on the topic of, you know, do you need this? And for how long are you going to keep it? And I find when you ask a developer or a product person that, uh, when the, when we're at the beginning, when sort of the ideation stage, it's really attractive to think, but I might, I don't know yet, but I might be able to do something with that yet later, you know? Um, and so there's that, does that sort of impulse to keep it, especially when it's so easy with cloud storage. But, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, do I see people really using that data for like really great product purposes later? Not really, you know, not unless the product was developed with that in mind. And so I think it's really great to see the shift to requiring that to be part of the design and development process so that we don't have the case, like you said, of really personal information about random people on the internet sitting in a storage place that that isn't being maintained. I'm saying that's the worst case situation. I'm not saying that happens all the time, but like that does happen. And data leaks, you know, usually are unintentional. Um, and so the less you have, the less the potential for you to, to end up leaking that unintentionally. And really, when I, I talk about this, I also tend to think about it like I am a user online. So when I work with a company, when I sign up with a service or, you know, give someone my email address, I hope that they are protecting it, you know, as much as I would want it to be protected for myself. So I, I talk about that a lot with my coworkers and other colleagues on the internet, which is like, ultimately, this is us online too. So we want, we hope that online companies are protecting our data, just like we'd expect them to. Um, and I think that there is more work 
for us to get to that place. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the podcast to talk about data privacy. If you'd like to hear more from Lisa on this topic, you can find her on Twitter at, at Lisa Phillips. We'll be back next week for another episode of the show. As always, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcatcher you use so that you get notified about new episodes.